Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Darkest Hour. I'm your host, Amanda Jane. Have you ever seen something, experienced something paranormal or unexplained? And maybe you chose to share your experience with someone you trusted, but they didn't believe you. Quite a blow to the chest it can be to not be believed. But it never really changes the experience, does it? Your experience isn't suddenly less real. It just feels a bit more isolating now. Well, have no fear. The darkest hour is here. And it's filled with experiences like these. Tonight, we explore experiences dealing in the paranormal, but also the everyday horrors that we may have forgotten to be wary of. So, let's get started, shall we? When I was about eight or nine, my parents had put me in with a piano teacher. Her name was Miss Vicky. I don't know how long I was training with her, but at one point, I was to perform a recital, which took place at a local church. This all occurred in a very small town in Texas, and it was a beautiful Mayberry-type town. Everyone was friendly and knew you, etc. On a side note, this town is no longer pretty, and the recession in 2008 hit it hard, so it now looks run down and pretty much apocalyptic, and it breaks my heart. Anyways, we're at this church, not the one that my dad's a pastor at. Yes, I'm a pastor kid. The church is packed full of people, all wanting to see their children perform. Some children sing, played instruments, or both. I was on the side of the stage, in a little room with many other kids, all of us dressed like we were in a church service. I was nervous, knew nobody, and was shy. Standing in line, I would watch the other kids perform and bow, the line getting shorter as it got closer to my turn. About four kids away, I began wondering what we do after we perform. Like, where do we go? I started watching to see what the other kids did. I watched several of the kids bow to the audience and walk to the other side of the stage and enter a door in the back. I know for a fact I saw at least three people do that. So, I knew that's where I would go afterwards. My turn comes up. With butterflies in my stomach, I walked on stage, sat in front of the piano, and performed the most basic ode to joy you ever heard. When I was done... I faced the audience and bowed with applause. I then walked to the other side of the stage where I saw the other kids go and I opened the door and I saw something I did not expect. Over the years, I wonder if I stepped through to another dimension or saw something I wasn't supposed to see or some strange glitch in the matrix. Regardless of the reason, what I saw was not normal. This may be hard to believe, and trust me, it's hard for me to talk about. And besides this post, only my family and my husband know. Standing in this small room, 
no larger than an average bedroom and no other way out, stood an elephant. Or at least I think it was an elephant. It was covered in colorful streamers. It was huge, and there was no way that it could have gotten in there or out. Without a wall, it would have had to have been broken down. That's not all I saw, though. There were two kids, one on the right, standing on the floor, and one to the left of the elephant, except that one was up higher, like he was standing on a ladder. I can't quite describe what the kids were wearing, but it was odd. The closest thing I can come up with is they looked like they were elves in Disney's The Santa Claus, but even that's not right. Both these kids looked at me, bewildered. They didn't seem angry or upset, but were just as shocked to see me as I was to see them. That was when I realized that none of the kids I saw go into this room were there. I closed the door and was faced with a laughing audience of my unintentional comedy. Afterwards, I told my parents what I saw, but they seemed to brush it off as a wild imagination. Back to the video. Years later, at this time I was in my mid-twenties, when DVDs were a big thing. But we had all of our home videos on VHS. My mother had found the recital video, and we watched. I kept looking at the door. Even after all these years later, I knew what lied behind it, and how no one believed me. When I saw myself perform... I cringed at my hair and my clothes, watched myself go to that door, open and almost immediately close it, turned around and my face was showing confusion and shock. It seemed I looked into the room a lot longer than a couple of seconds, but maybe time stood still or something, I don't know. I could hear my parents laughing behind the camera. The weirdest thing about the video, though, I saw none of the kids walk into that room like I had seen at the performance. I was in shock. There would be no other reason for me to go through that door. None. To this day, it remains one of the biggest mysteries, and in writing this, maybe someone else out there can figure out what I saw, or have seen something similar. I know to say on the internet, that I'm telling the truth is always taken with a grain of salt, but I swear on my marriage, I saw what I saw, and it's bothered me ever since 1992. Over the years, I have seen and sensed the presence of spirits but I have only spoken to one in a short conversation about 10 years ago. I live in a suburb of Los Angeles, so a small street with houses up and down the streets, tree-lined sidewalks, and a few street lamps. I remembered I needed to take out the trash to the curb for pickup. When I walked out, I looked up and down the street. No one was there. The street was dark and silent with a breeze that was usual for the area. When I was done, 
I was surprised to see a teenage girl walking down the sidewalk towards me. The streetlights were half a block away and covered by tree branches that moved in the breeze. Because of the lighting, she was in blue tones. She was walking slowly, looking from side to side. By her look, I suspected she might have blonde or red hair, about 5'7", white blouse, gypsy skirt, and sandals. Kind of like a hippie, but I've seen girls dress this way currently, so it wasn't out of place. She seemed lost or high, but her presence at this time of night was out of place. When she got within 15 feet, I asked her if she was okay or needed help. She said no, but didn't look at me, then said, I'm looking for my friend's house. It has an alley behind it. I told her all the houses have alleys behind them. She said, I'll find it. She never looked at me, just at the houses. She also never stopped walking towards me. The tree branches shifted in the breeze, and the light ran across her face. At that moment, I realized she had no eyes. I could see into her eye sockets for a moment. She was five feet away at this point, and I was frozen in place. All I could say at this point was, Do you want me to tell anyone anything or call them? As she walked right past me on the sidewalk, she didn't stop or look at me, but said, No, I'll find them. Frozen, I watched her walk about 20 feet to the tree where the street lamp was covered, and she sank into the shadow of the tree trunk on the sidewalk. I made my way home, but kept looking out my window for a few hours. I still get nervous when I walk outside around that time. A few years later, a streetlight was installed directly in front of my house, and it still gives me chills. Two years ago, my wife and I moved in with my dad to keep an eye on him, as he's getting old and his health isn't the greatest. As it turns out, the place is haunted. At first, we thought it was haunted by the previous owner's wife, but now we're not so sure. The previous owners had lived there for the last 40 or 50 years, and before them, there was nobody on the property. They were the only ones to live in the home before us. The husband passed away about four years ago, and his wife passed ten or so years ago. Before we moved in, my dad told me how things would disappear all the time. A month or so before moving in, we visited for the evening. We all sat in the living room talking and watching TV. Dad said he had a six-pack of beer in the fridge and how I could have one. A few minutes later, I got a beer. It was in bottles, in a six-pack. I opened the fridge, pulled a bottle out of the box, without so much as touching the box, and I shut the door. 
I went back to my seat, and we continued doing our thing. From where I was in the living room, I could see the fridge. My dad could see the whole kitchen and was facing the fridge. A half an hour later, he said he might as well have one too, so he got up and went to the kitchen to get a beer. While he was in there, he said to me, You could have put them back in the fridge. They're getting warm. I said, What? He repeated himself as he opened the fridge and put the six-pack of beer, minus the two bottles, back in. I informed him that I hadn't taken it out of the fridge in the first place. Neither of us had seen or heard the fridge door open or close again, yet the beer was sitting on the counter. After we moved in, we experienced that going on all the time. After two years, I've lost over half a dozen DVDs. I can't begin to list everything I've gone to look for, only to have it be gone. Sometimes, I find something a while later in a completely different spot, but most of the time, we just never see it again. I had to get my Indiana driver's license, which meant I had to take their test. I took a study book home to read up on what they consider to be traffic laws. It was gone a couple of days later. Still haven't found it. The other day, my dad was home alone, and the TV remote, which he keeps on the table next to his chair, was gone. He searched for over an hour, dissecting the bathroom, kitchen, living room, and dining room. But he couldn't find it. Finally, he just turned the TV on, on the TV, and went to make lunch. He turned on the oven and got frozen chicken out of the freezer. He opened the bag of chicken and realized he forgot to get the baking tray out of the oven. So he opened it, and the tray was in the oven, with the remote sitting on it. Another thing that happened once to me, my wife and I laid down in bed one night. Our dog jumped up in it with us, like she does, and I felt her flop down. When she did, I felt her lay against my shins, which she also does. My wife told her to move, and I felt her move away from my legs. My wife told her to move again, and I said she did. My wife said that she didn't move, and said that she'd been laying right in between us the whole time. I felt, and there she was. Nowhere near my shins. What had sat down and leaned up against me? No idea. But I had a hard time sleeping that night. My wife informed me that she feels something sitting down on her bed all the time. Other things that go on include lights going on and off by themselves, the front door locking itself, and me out five times. The TV turned on once by itself after I had turned it off and set the remote down, and we hear talking in here all the time. My wife and I sit in our room a lot, and usually I hear my name called from the hallway, and it sounds like my dad... In the beginning, I would respond or go out to talk, only to discover he hadn't called, or he was asleep, or wasn't there at all. Plus, we leave our door cracked open so our cat can come and go happily. From where I sit, I can see the hall, and I can easily see when he's in it.
My wife has heard her name too, as if he called, but not nearly as much as I hear mine. And when we hear our names called, the other of us doesn't hear it. The other day, I clearly heard my wife yell my name, which my dad didn't hear while sitting right next to me. And she said she hadn't, while also having not heard it. And one day, my dad, while home alone, heard someone yell out to the living room from our bedroom, Who's there? And he didn't recognize the voice. He checked, and nobody was there. Well, we always thought it was the lady who lived here before. Now we're not so sure. All three of us have seen a black, cloudy mist, the size of a person, float through here. I've seen it once or twice. My wife has seen it a few times, and Dad has seen it a dozen or more. One time during the day, when it was really sunny out, and the inside of our place was all lit up, Dad saw it come out of the bathroom, move down the hall into our bedroom, and he said the bedroom went dark, as if it were night out. My wife once woke up and saw it above her, and then it disappeared, up into the ceiling. I'm not sure what it is, but that's most of the stuff that's happened inside the home. Now, I'll talk about some of the stuff that's happened outside. The property we live on is 62 acres, and it used to be a pay lake and campground. Over the years, many people have come through and enjoyed it. It was loved by everyone. The owner retired and closed the lake 10 or so years ago. My dad, who has known the owner since he was a kid, lived in a camper for a few years before moving into the trailer where we all live now. While he lived in the camper, Dad would often sit outside at a picnic table and read. Right next to him was an old metal fishing shelter, and behind him was the gravel parking lot. One night he was shocked when a man walked around the shelter and said hi to him. Dad said hi back, and the man asked some questions, mostly about the old couple who owned the place. Dad said that they were home, if he'd like to go up and talk to them. But he said no. He had to be somewhere, and he walked back around the shelter. My dad said that he never heard a car come or go, so he isn't sure where the guy came from or went to. We're in the country, and there's nothing around us. If he'd come from a neighbor's house and walked, it would have been very dark, especially if he came from the way that he seemed to. It's all woods that way. My dad mentioned the man to the owners, who had incredible memories, and knew everyone who ever came there to fish. They had no idea who he was. Months later, the man returned, the same way, at night. They spoke again, only this time, when the man left, the same way as last time, my dad followed. When dad got around the shelter, he saw nobody. After the lake closed, Dad wasn't the only one renting a camper from the owner, and all three of the renters, Dad included, would regularly hear cars running right next to their campers, or a car door shutting. Yet, 
no cars would ever be seen. That still goes on here. Me or Dad are regularly going out at night to see if people are trespassing. Many have seen UFOs out there, and in all the areas around there. A few times I was outside at night, and I heard breathing, growling, or footsteps that all sounded like an animal, particularly a dog of some kind. But when I would check, I'd find nothing. Once I heard a cow moo, and another time I heard what I could only figure was a goose, though I'm really not sure, as I've never heard the sound before. And they both sound as if they came from the field in front of our place. Maybe a goose had been there, but it was highly unlikely a cow was. One day I was outside and heard our cat meowing in the front room inside. His litter box is in there, and when I take the dog out, the cat has separation anxiety from the dog. Cute, right? And will go in that room, climb up on my wife's desk, and look out the window at me. On this particular day, I heard him meowing and thought nothing of it, until I heard four or five very heavy footsteps walking rapidly into that room. Honestly, it didn't even sound like our floor making that noise. It sounded heavier, deeper. When the footsteps stopped, I heard my cat meow like I'd never heard him meow before or since. I can't even explain the sound, but honestly, it sounded like he were responding to whatever had gone in there with him. A moment later, I heard what sounded like my cat tearing out of the room, and then I heard him meowing like he normally does, but from the front door. I was probably ten or younger when this happened. I was in my house downstairs in the living room that connected to the kitchen. I was sitting on the couch in front of the TV. It was turned off. I remember seeing my reflection in the black mirror of the TV and thinking how creepy it was. I don't remember what, but I was playing with something, lost in focus, when suddenly the sun was down. All the lights were off, so it turned almost pitch black when I started to get a little scared. There were five people living in my house at the time. Me, my parents, my sister, and grandmother. But the lights were always on. The house was always alive and rarely felt empty. Without telling me, my parents and sister had left the house, so it was unusually quiet and dark. Then, I heard it. It was a distinct sound, high-heeled footsteps, walking slowly towards me from the kitchen, getting louder and louder. With each step, slowly inching closer and getting louder, the presence felt evil. It was getting so loud that I was absolutely horrified frozen in terror for a few seconds until I bolted out of the living room and up the staircase. 
The whole way up was pitch black, and the only light was coming from the cracks of my grandmother's bedroom door. I threw open the door and jumped into bed next to her. Utterly afraid of this evil, invisible woman in high heels. But she never bothered me with her high heels again. I think it was just some person in heels minding their ghostly business in my kitchen. Although later on, she might have tried to scare me by singing into the vents. But that's a story for another time. experienced was scary as hell, but it's not a ghost story. I grew up in Shasta Lake in Shasta County, California, which has a lot more forests and green coverage than other parts of California. Behind the middle school parking lot, there was a small tree-covered path that led from the middle school to the local high school, and my house was just across the street from the high school. So I walked this every day for almost a year, and sometimes in the fall and winter, it was sort of creepy. But my friends were usually with me, and if not, there were other kids or teens around somewhere. It was when I'd walked through at night once, alone, after a hell of a night, that I got a good scare. I'd left my friend's house where a group of friends and random people had gathered to watch the latest pay-per-view of WrestleMania. I watched the fight, but spent a good amount of time outside, sometimes smoking cigarettes, like the cool 8th grader I was. That's obviously a joke. Smoking is so bad, and not even remotely cool. Anyways, I'd been outside talking with random people, when on more than one occasion... I heard something rummaging through the tree farm behind my friend's house. Something big. Now, we have bears in California, even in Shasta County. But in this particular area, Shasta Lake, it's one of the few more populated areas around. More stuff than trees, if you will. And we don't have bear problems this close to home. We just have to watch out for them in the Shasta Trinity National Forest. Black bears, specifically. I mentioned this to one of the random people, asking if they hear that. They don't. Keep asking me if I'm high. I'm not. The next person I ask, I know them a bit better. My good friend's older brother. I ask him if he hears that. But he just tells me it's a bear. I tell him what I just previously told you. Never seen no bears here. Anything's possible, he tells me. Okay. I eventually go back inside to see the fight. Stone Cold and The Rock. It was over, done deal. Stone Cold was the winner. People liked that. Other people didn't. It was late. Time for me to head home. Taking the same route I'd taken for years. Except I didn't think so. I didn't want to go into the tree farm. Not tonight. So I walked around the whole block instead, probably adding all but three to four minutes to my route. As I'm walking, I see headlights approaching from behind. 
It's a neighborhood street, so it doesn't seem unusual that they're going so slow. But with it being dark, I'm eager for them to pass and leave me alone. They don't pass, and my heart rate goes up, a tad. I remember trying to be hopeful. Maybe I know them. They stop their car, and I hear a man ask something. At first, I don't answer, because I'm processing what he's asked. So he asks again, Do you live close? But he keeps going. You should get inside. People reported seeing a mountain lion out here. In this moment, I wasn't sure what to do. I didn't recognize the man or his weird truck. I had no idea what he meant by get inside. But I assumed the worst and told him I was fine. That I lived just over there, pointing somewhere in front of us. And I started walking faster. He just looked in the direction I pointed, asked me if I was sure, telling me, Hey, I'm no creep. Just thought you should know. But when he didn't drive off immediately, I stopped and looked at him, and I told him, matter-of-factly, that I didn't need an escort, but thank you. He gave me a look like how rude, told me, Whatever, okay, look, just get inside. I was about to tell him to piss off, but before I could, he just rolled up the window and drove away. I was rounding the corner to walk the additional two extra minutes, and I started to think about what the guy said. My heart was racing again, maybe faster this time. What if he was telling the truth? I just kept up my speed walk and thought, I'm like five minutes from home, I'll be fine. The schools are well lit. I make my way through the middle school parking lot, and as I'm approaching the back, I get the terrible feeling I'm being watched. Like someone is around me, but I can't see them. I pick up my pace to a steady but light jog. As I'm approaching the small, tree-covered path to the high school, I'm less than six yards away. I hear something moving, just to my back right. I glance over and up a small incline against the wall of the middle school. I see the mountain lion. It's not coming for me, but it's absolutely watching me. I'm instantly sweating and my heart is racing faster than it has. I'm trying to remember what I'm supposed to do. I slowly turn to face the thing entirely and I'm walking backwards. It creeps ever so slowly, a bit closer to me. I think my heart is about to stop. My feet are even sweating, making my shoes feel loose. I knew I wasn't supposed to run, but it's all I could think to do. Only, just before I did, I heard the voice of another man in the distance. He was on the ground, levelless to me, and he had a dog, a big one. And he was telling me, yelling for me, not to run, but to keep backing up slowly. Then his dog started barking, viciously, in the direction of the mountain lion. The man passed me now, almost approaching the animal, holding his dog's leash in one hand 
while making various yelling sounds and hitting this aluminum pole he had against the concrete with his other hand. He told me to go home and to make as much noise as I could until I got there. I didn't hesitate for one minute. I started mimicking the sounds that I'd heard the man make, even grabbing some rocks. Once out of view, I started to run, tossing a few rocks behind me as I did. I busted in the door, got a crazy look from both of my parents who had woken up. They'd fallen asleep in the front room. They were half mad and confused, and then concerned. I told them I was fine, but also about the mountain lion, the man. My mom panicked, which I thought she might. But my dad seemed more concerned about the man and his dog, saying that we needed to call animal control, let them know. And then, a few moments later, he hopped in his truck to drive over there. After a good amount of time had passed, my dad came home and told me that the man and his dog were fine. In fact, they were basically saved by the guy who tried to help me. This man and my dad got to talking and exchanging stories. He tells my dad that he approached me on the way to the schools where people had reported seeing the mountain lion. After he saw I lived so close, he moved on to the elementary school. Then he was headed to the middle school. Well, that's where he found the other man and his dog, and he drove them home, came back to the school to meet some members of his team. His team being Shasta Lake Animal Control, which I guess explains his weird truck. I don't know what happened to the animal, but I know they caught it. This isn't a story about how you should actually trust strangers, because I don't recommend that. Really, it's just my one story where the people weren't actually the predators that I had to worry about. And so we've reached the end of tonight's episode. But don't forget to join me every Friday night for a brand new episode of The Darkest Hour. Many thanks to everyone for sharing their stories. And of course, thank you to everyone for listening. If you love The Darkest Hour and you never want it to end, be sure to hit that subscribe button and tap the notification bell. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.